day. I want you to go to 1 Kings, Old Testament, one of my favorite passages in the entire Old Testament. I say that every time I preach, but this one, re- this one really is. I haven't preached this passage in a long time, and so i got to give you the Reader's Digest version today uh, because of Vision Day, but I-, I believe God wants to say something to us. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41 it says, and Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. Does anybody know what the sound of a heavy rain sounds like? Oftentimes before it even begins to rain or before you see the rain, you might hear thunder. You know what I've found to be really true is before God does something big in my life, something big in my life usually breaks. There, there's usually some... You ever seen this? There's usually some type of opposition. There's usually some type of like, what is happening before I see God actually break through? So so Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, Mount Carmel. He bent down to the ground and he put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and he looked. There is nothing there, he said. You ever feel like when you're just looking, if you're trying to hear God for vision, you look and there's nothing there. He says, there's nothing there. He said, seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, quick, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Elijah had been given a vision from God. The Israelites in this time had been in the midst of a drought. It had not rained for over three years. Not a drop of rain for over three years. And God tells Elijah, it's, a, it's about to rain. Now, Elijah's probably older at this time. And so he tells his servant, I want you to go and look. And he says, yeah, yeah, I looked. There ain't nothing there. There, 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 is, there is nothing there. But Elijah saw something that no one else could see. Elijah saw something that only God allowed him to see. It wasn't there in the natural. He saw it spiritually. You know what I've found, found what I've learned about vision people? Vision people are different. People that have vision, they're just different. Sometimes you think they're a little crazy, but vision people are different. They, they just see the possible in the impossibility. They, they, they see what could happen. They see that, 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 that it might be away. My, my, my first car that I ever had was actually uh, a 1988 Mitsubishi B2000. Anybody know what that is? That is the smallest pickup truck ever made. It sounds more like a super soaker than a truck. It's like the, the Mitsubishi B2000. And it kind of, yeah, that's about all the power it had. But that, that, that was my truck. The, the, the problem in 1988 with vehicles is you couldn't have like... Um, remote start. So we lived in Washington State, and when you get up in the morning, it's freezing cold. Your windshield would just be frozen over, just solid. And so you'd have to run out, start your car, turn the defrost on full blast, run back inside, take about an hour nap, let that thing warm up, go back out, and then you might, it'll, you might have a, a little spot in the windshield where it, where, it starts to, where it starts to clear, right? So I had all the ice scrapers, the one with the glove, you know, you scrape the ice off. But, but more often than not, I was in a hurry to get somewhere. And, and so you would wait until the defrost had defrosted the ice just like, just enough, 
right? It's, everybody's just enough is a little bit different. Mine was not that big. It, it just had to be just enough if I could see like the middle lines in the road. I'm like, I'm out of there. And so I'd be driving. We lived on a hill, a windy road, and, and I'm like trying to, to see. And then eventually, right, you drive long enough, it would heat up more and, and it would begin to clear. And, and I was praying this week and the Holy Spirit just spoke to me so clearly that his people, us, the church, have frozen over windshields. That, 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 that life has so frozen over the ability to see beyond the natural place that we're in. It's hard for us to see the impossible. It's, it's hard for us to see what's outside of us. You know what's wild? What never froze over in my truck was my rearview mirror. So it's easy for me to look back, but it's really hard for me to look forward. You ever found this to be true? It's so easy to see the way God didn't answer, or how he was late, or how you messed up, or how you failed him. You look in that rear view. You, you, you ever been riding with your kids, and they're acting up in the back, and you're looking at them in the rear view mirror? I, ha- I have this look. Jude told me, my oldest son, he's like, yeah, dude, dad, you get that intense look, and then I know you're serious. So I'm like trying to give him the intense look in the rear view mirror, like, you know, you know, you, I can see that, that little man back there. I can, see, I can see what they're doing. You know, it's easy to see the things that are within you. Most of us are plagued with the thoughts that are within us. Vision is not within you. It's outside of you. If, if you're going to see what God wants for your life, it can't be in the realm of possibility in the vehicle of your own life. It has to be beyond. So there has to be a way to defrost the windshield of your life to be able to see beyond the vehicle that you're riding in. You have to see a location that you're not at yet. Vision sees where you're going, not where you are. Vision is seeing what God sees. Do you know this? The enemy hates vision. Oh, the enemy, the the enemy cannot stand you having vision because vision is the possibility that God could bring an answer in the midst of an impossible situation. The devil would love you to stare in the rear view mirror at the devils that you brought with you, but God say, will you look beyond what you're in and see the possibility of where I'm trying to take you? And this is really the story of Elijah and the first 42, it says, so Ahab went off to eat and drink. This, this, this symbolizes comfort, to eat and to drink. It says, but Elijah climbed. So let me tell you about vision people. Some eat and drink, but vision people, other people, they climb. Did, did you know that if you studied the Old Testament, that whenever a prophet of God or a man of God went up on a mountain, it was also called a meeting place. That whenever you climbed up, God was faithful to come down. Moses met God on the mountain. Abraham met God on the mountain. Elijah met God on the mountain. Whenever they went up, God came down. So there's something about getting with God. We call it, in our community, we call it climbing higher. Because in above every single storm, in every single place of chaos, there is a place of peace. Did you know that no matter what, kind of storm you're in right now, if there was actually a storm outside, if you got up high enough, you could be above it. There's peace above the storm. Do you know where above the storm is? Above the storm is in the presence of God. So Elijah said, I'm not going to stay and eat and drink in comfort. 
I'm going to climb to an elevated place so that I can have a different perspective. Altitude changes your perspective. What looks big in the valley looks small on the mountain. If you can commit to climb, if you can commit to get with God, you will see your challenges differently than the way that you see them in the valley. Some eat and drink and others climb. Impossibility is an invitation for a miracle. See, this is how vision people live. Vision people see impossibility and they get excited. God, how are you going to come through? That, that, that wasn't always me. I've always had vision. But I'm going to tell you this. When we first took over the church, there were some things God was asking us to do that, that scared me. There were some challenges that came at us that scared me. You, you can ask, ask my wife sometimes, like, I will feel, like, real anxiety. At times, maybe you call panic attack of just dread or what could happen. But you know what history with God does? History with God proves that he's faithful. And so now vision people have the ability to see impossibility as an invitation. Because if it was possible, I could do it. If it's impossible, I need his strength. So an impossible situation is the moment that I invite him. That's why our vision has to be big enough that we can't do it in our own strength. Because if we can do it in our own strength, we don't need God. If you can complete your vision in your strength, you don't need God. You've got to dream so big. You've got to go so far. You've got to believe so massively that you cannot do it on your own. Say, it's impossible. So this God is the invitation for you to come into my situation and do what only you can do. Verse 43 says, go and look towards the sea. He told his servant, and he went up and he looked. There's nothing there. Vision people are different. Some see nothing, and others look for rain. The motion is the same. For him to go to see nothing is the same motion as to go and look for rain. The difference is the the expectancy in which you look. I want you to catch this. It's the same motion. I see nothing. Is it here yet? That, that, that's the difference of the posture of faith. One says, God hasn't answered. He says, he answered, hasn't answered yet. Hey, vision people see it differently. They're built different. They believe different. They, they see the impossibility as an invitation, but they also, they understand that if God said rain is coming, then rain is coming. We just got out of this series talking about the word of God. Friends, God's watching over his word. To see that it is fulfilled. In fact, the word of the Lord makes way for the work of the Lord. So God said there was rain. I'm not going to confirm my doubts. I'm going to see if he answered yet. Some of us pray just to confirm our doubts. Well, I'll do it. I'll look. Yep, that's what I thought. Didn't answer. But it's interesting what Elijah says to the prophet. He says, I want you to go. And I want you to look again. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. Seven times? Let me tell you this. Some give up after looking once. And others look again. Okay, can you imagine? Okay, so Elijah's, he's probably getting old at this point. And his servant, this is the guy that's like tending him, taking care of him. Elijah's laying there. 
And he says, I hear the sound of heavy rain. Right? It hadn't rained in three years. So a servant's like, would you like another warm blanket, sir? Get a cup of tea. Like, what? You hear the sound? He says, go look. Go look. And I'm sure the servant's kind of like, yeah, Elijah. Yep. Uh-huh. It's still blue out here. Like, go look again. Got it. <laughs> yep. Elijah, I'm sure he's, you know, texting his buddies. Um, you know, maybe. Um, <laughs> probably having doubts in his mind, thinking like, wait a second. Like, I look. It hasn't rained for three years. I've looked twice. Look again. I've looked three times. Look again. I've looked for, have you ever been in that struggle? Why pray for healing seven times already? Good job. Pray again. Pray again. There's not a number. It's only obedience. It's only obedience. God, if you said pray, I'll pray. If you said ask, I'll ask. If you, you said look, I'll look. And I'm not looking to confirm my doubts. I'm looking to see what you said. Because if I can see what you already said, then it's only a matter of time before I see what you see. I want to see what God sees. We want to build what God is building. We want to put our hand to the work of what God has already seen. I want to see the impossible. I want to see what no man can see. I want to see God do something that everyone around will look at and say, that has to be God. That's what vision people do. He says, go, go look again. So the seventh time he goes and he looks again, he's like, Hey, Elijah, <laughs> uh, I see a cloud. It's probably not a big deal. Don't get, like, real excited. It's about the size of a man's hand. Scripture says Elijah jumps up into action. He says, go get Ahab. Tell him to get the chariot ready. He, said, he tells him, you have to outrun the rain. Because when he saw the cloud... The first sign of the answer, he said, we have to get ready. Rain is, God said it, I believe it. I've looked, now I see the sign. Now I see the sign. Okay, hold on. It hadn't rained yet. Okay, so we're reacting for a cloud, but we're still in a drought. So I'm going to help you. In our church, there are people that we call early adopters. Early adopters are people who see the vision before anything happened. We didn't have very many in the beginning. I'll just tell you that right now. I was just 33 years old. Say, we're going to see a city transformed. And people are like, whoa, this kid is loud. He's got a lot of energy. He's... But some people saw it. Some of you have been here the entire time. You see it. That's what we call early adoption. The, 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 now, there's, there's tons of other people that, that once we start to see the cloud, then we're like, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, I see it, I see it, we're in, we're in. And then there's thousands that will come after it begins to rain. When people get healed, set free, delivered, those are all coming. But, friends, this call today is not for those who will come when it rains. 
This call today is for those who will see the vision, that will look into nothingness, that will look into a culture that is broken, that will look into unforgiveness and, and disunity and broken relationships and broken government, broken hearts and broken families, and say, I see something. That's what vision people do. Vision people see beyond what is possible. Vision people believe that something could happen. We're looking for early adopters. People say, wow, I just found this church on Google, and I'm scared. If you're looking for a church to just eat and drink, this is the wrong one. We're climbers. We're dreamers. We're visionaries. We're builders. We see something that other people can't see. That's why when the world is dark, we get excited because the impossibility is an inv- I know my God. I've got history with my God. He never fails. He watches over his word to see that it is fulfilled. You can watch and learn or you can join and climb, but God's word will come to pass. I feel the power of God in this place. Vision erupting in our hearts because when God's people come together and look, anything is possible. Now sit down. Calm down. I, I wonder what would happen if instead of waiting for the rain, that we could have vision to see the possibility. Do you know even right now, our nation's in chaos again. Broken hearts and broken lives and blame and hate. Vision people grieve with those who grieve, but believe that there is an answer. Vision people can see... We don't just relax in the rearview mirror of what has happened. We climb into the possibility of what God could do. Servant said, I see a cloud as small as a man's hand rising from the sea. You know what I believe God's doing today? God's turning up the heat of your life. When the heat goes up, the windshield clears. God's turning up the heat. So, so every year we seek the Lord on what are the risks, God? What are the steps you want us to take? Now, I, I got to give you a disclaimer. When we say we're about to take risks, these are not things like we've already constructed a blueprint and plan and strategy and have saved money for. This is like God said it and we give you the chance to be early adopters on what God. Almost everything that you see happening in this church was once a risk. Over the last Six years, we've had 70 risks. We've accomplished 68 of the 70 by the grace of God. Every ministry you see was a risk. This building was a risk. 68 out of the seven. Now, I'm going to tell you this. This is just personal. I hate, hate, capital H, capital A, capital T, capital E, that it's 68 out of 70. And Pastor Steve and I were talking. He said, you just need to... You, you need to just celebrate. That's pretty good. 68 out of 70. I'm like, nah, it just makes me mad. <laughs> but you know what? I believe this. Sometimes you have to look again. I want it 
I want it. I want it right when I want it. But sometimes you have to look again. So I, I want to lay out the risks that we're taking this year. And some are massive. Some are huge steps of faith. Some are expensive. Some are cheaper. Some connect to your family. Some connect to someone else's family. But all of them, we need early adopters to begin to see the vision for. Because all that we're doing is for one purpose. To see a city transformed for the glory of God. One of the first things that we're going to be doing in this next calendar year in 2023 is that we are going to expand to four food distribution routes. Right now, we started two, which were awesome. We're going to expand to two more. We started the first two in September of 2022 and have given out 13,298 pounds of food, seen 11 salvations, and two people get healed handing out groceries. So we're expanding from two to four this next year. We are going to begin to release 1132 music moments to the world. We are known for the sound that comes out of prophetic, spontaneous worship moments where our leaders are led by the Holy Spirit as they lead the church in worship. We will record and produce these moments so that we can release this sound to the world. What, what happens in our worship services, oftentimes our leaders, as they pray and they prepare, they're led spontaneously and prophetically in what God's doing. And we all enjoy that, but we have felt a mandate from the Lord that we have to package, produce, record these moments. Not just the album, not just the song, but the moments where God's speaking through our leaders and produce those to the world. We are going to, in 2023, start young adult services focused on young adults. In our pursuit of city transformation and a seamless generational pipeline, we are launching weekly young adult services to continue to reach and disciple a generation of young adults that is in desperate need of an encounter with God. The culture says something. Statistics say something, but I believe that we're going to see young adults, that we can crank the heat of their lives up and have vision to not just be just a coffee-drinking, theology-talking young adult, but I can carry and house the presence of God, and I can make a difference in my college, my university, and my workplace. We are going to write a curriculum on how to hear the voice of God. A curriculum that will walk people through practical steps to hear the voice of God clearly and daily. We will sell this, we can give it to the church, we're going to sell this curriculum to the world, and all proceeds will go to fund our Dream Center. This one I'm really excited about. We are going to start our 7118 Seniors Ministry. Now listen to this. A ministry committed to creating and maintaining care and community for the pillars of our church who believed in and supported our call to raise up the next generation. Now, I want to say something. When, when Jamie and I took over the church, there were some people that were way older than we were. It's a nice way to say it. That believed. That were early adopters. And if you've been at our church very long, you know a lot of our focus is on the next generation. We believe part of our mandate is to make sure that the next generation walks with God. And we have so many more mature adults 
that has said, we believe in that vision. We will stand with you, pray with you, sow into you. We believe in that. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And he said, the ones that have stood by you for so long now need you to stand by them. And so we're not talking about a retirement group. Let me tell you what Psalm 71, 18 says. It says, even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. This, this is going to be my question. For every one of you that get up in age, have you passed the power? You may retire from your job, but you can't retire from this life until you make sure you pass on what God gave you to the next generation. You have a mandate from God to not give up, to not stop, to not yield to a younger generation until you have passed on what God has put into you, into them. We're going to launch the 245, you like all my numbers? The 245 team, a team of business leaders committed to giving above and beyond the tithe to advance and accelerate the spreading of the gospel. Acts 245 says this, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. We are forming a specific team of business leaders that are called there's no, there's no, you have to be called to this. You have the gift of giving. Not about amount, about the call. They say, I, I want to be a kingdom leader. I want to be a part of the 245 team. And we're going to make sure that we walk beside you, pray for your business, cover your family in prayer. We walk before you, alongside you as spiritual guidance and, and, and friendship to make sure that you do everything you can to make money in this world to advance the kingdom of God. We're not just trying to get business leaders to make more money. We're trying to come alongside business leaders that have a call to advance the kingdom, to spread the gospel at a new level and at a new speed. We're going to, it's a big one, commit to adding sixth, seventh, and eighth grades to our academy. We... We've come to the conclusion that the need is too great to stop our school at sixth grade. And we must continue to expand and to grow so that we provide an excellent education with a godly foundation where we raise up world changers that will transform their cities for God. We are going to plant our first Spanish campus in Espanol. Start a fully functioning, excellent, spirit-filled, Spanish-speaking campus that will transform the lives of the Spanish speakers in our cities. The, the last two are what I call unfinished business. Number nine is to move forward with construction on the Dream Center. Many of you know our risk last year was to complete construction on the smaller building. You know that as soon as we started Oak Cliff Tent Meetings... So I'll just set back up. Our Dream Center is our hub of ministry in Oak Cliff. When we started it, I'm telling you, the growth has been absolutely astounding. Like almost faster than we could keep up with. Until one day we held a service. And I stood up on the stage with our staff and many of you. And we said, this city, but we're not just going to hand out food. 
we're going to save souls. And from that day forward, everything on the Dream Center has been a fight. The building that we were going to remodel had structural damage. It was going to cost $4 million more than our original, asking, our, our original bid, which was $2 million. So our $2 million bid went to $6 million. It's not even worth that. It's small. It's not even going to do what we needed to do. We were discouraged, but an impossibility is an invitation. So I believe sometimes God's rejection in one area is redirection to another area. And so I said, Lord, thank you for helping us not settle too low. Because we took the smaller challenge of the small building, and you need the big building. So they said, this building is going to cost almost as much as it is to renovate the big building. So, you know what? 2023, we got history with God. Why not? We, we are going to start. We're going to move forward. And we're going to renovate our Dream Center building so that we can house our programs. So that 2,000 seat auditorium will be filled with people from the community that have been saved, set free, healed, delivered, and giving glory to God. For all our Wiley, Saxy, Murphy peeps, we're finishing what we started in Wiley. We've looked at every single building that Wiley owns. We've looked at coffee shops, we've looked at grocery stores, we've looked at uh, old uh, CVSs, we've looked at churches, we've tried to talk churches into selling their buildings. We have looked at land, we have, it has been a, a search, but we believe for what God's doing in Wiley that you have to have a place. They're busting at the seams. Last Sunday, there's only two seats left in the entire place. They, they're, they're growing at a rapid speed. They have to have a building. So we have found land. We have negotiated a price on said land. And we are working out the final stages of a contract on land that we can eventually build. It's not a done deal. There's been delay after delay after delay. We have an agreement. I don't know if anyone's ever built anything before or bought anything. People don't move the same speed I do. And that's really frustrating. I'm like, return the email. I don't need it in two weeks. I need it now. But they're taking a little bit of time. So praise the Lord. We have unfinished business in Wiley. We need, we need a home for our people that set up and tear down every single week. We need a home. We need youth ministry, home. We need our children's ministry, home. And so we're going we're gonna to take care of unfinished business in Wiley. You know why we do all these things? We're settling for nothing less. All of these facets and arms, they all contribute to one mission. That an entire city would be transformed. Matthew 21.10 says, when Jesus entered the city, the whole city was stirred. And you know what I felt the Lord speaking to me? That if we can begin to see what God sees, if we carry God's heart, it's as if we're entering the city like he would enter the city. And the entire city would be stirred. And the second part of that verse says, and they asked, who is this? You know what? When God begins to do the impossible, the world begins to ask, who did that? How did that happen? How did you do that? How did you build in the middle of this economy? How did you advance in the middle of this? How? Why? When the city stirred, people begin to ask who or how. And we can show them the God of the impossible. Now, I want you to know this, that each of these risks come with a price. It's not free to build buildings. It is not free to give out 13,798 pounds 
of food. It, it, all of that. So each of these risks, and I didn't even put the amounts up there, but last year we raised an additional $3 million over our general fund to accomplish our risks. It's pretty amazing. So this year, this year our need is right about $3.9 million above our general budget. Now, for some of you, that's a lot of money. Some of you, it's not that much money. And I'd like to meet you after certain. <laughs> some of you say, man, I, I feel like, man, I feel guilty like I need to. I don't, we don't feel guilt at this church. We don't walk in guilt in this church. We, get, we sow to vision. And you never have to give more than what God asks you to give. Now, if God's asking you for $3.9 million, you better obey. But if he's asking you for $39.95, be obedient. Because God's doing, if we're all obedient, this thing moves forward. So we're not taking a big, long offering today. I just want to put the need in front of you. Because when vision is awakened in your heart, one of these things is going to grip you. Do you know, just to add these grades to the school... It'd be fun if you could just, like, start a school. You, you know you can't do that? Especially in this city. you got to have all kinds of fire suppression, fire alarms. Let, not just, I mean, all, all the alarms, all of them. Like, the voice activated, the sprinklers, the what, storm shelters. The, I mean, no joke. Because just to set up one portable, one portable that has the system that we need to house students is $100,000. So when we say, what is add grades? We have to hire teachers. We have to have facility space. We have to have security. We have to have safety. We have to have a safe space for them to play. We have to have fire suppression. So all of these come along with, with, with the cost. To remodel the big building, the Dream Center. I'm just putting this out because I know we got faith in the room. Okay, you don't have to stress out. It's going to cost us $8 million to remodel. All right, so that's, I know that's not 3.9. I'm just baby steps, all right? Baby steps. I don't want to overwhelm anybody. We're, we're, we're going to see God do a miracle. Do you know what? Maybe you're saying, Pastor, I can't give anything, but I feel this. I see this. Then put this on your prayer list and pray every day of 2023 that God would do what he said he's going to do. I, I would say, you, you can participate in all kinds of different ways, but I want, as, if you call Church 1132 your home, I want you to get behind the vision. And I want you to look with eyes that don't see impossibilities, but see possibilities. And I want you to just, if you're an early adopter, it feels so much better when it happens. Because you look at all the other people that waited for rain. You're like, ah, you guys waited? I've been believing this for years. It just feels better, all right? It's not godly. It just feels good. I love, I love vision just in general but I like spiritual vision even more because God has this way. God has this way of seeing what's best for us. That's why you have to have vision because if you picked what was best for you, you'd pick the wrong thing. If I pick what's best for the church, I'd pick the wrong thing. That's why we have to hear what he's saying and see what he's seen. And when we partner with God on that level, we can stand back in amazement at what he's going to do. You know, when God does something in a church, it's never for the organization. It's for the person. So when we cast vision like this, this is not just like, wow, that's great, that church. No, this is our church. And when God blesses this house, he blesses your house. 
This, you know, I found it to be true. God told me a long time ago, if I'm faithful to build his house, he'd be faithful to build mine. And he's proven himself true every single year. When we build the house of God, God blesses our house. And when we build this and we see this, God's going to do something supernatural in our midst. Some of you have been around a long time. And if you start thinking about it, you're going to have faith explode in your heart. Because 68 times we put requests before God. And 70 times we put requests before God. And 68 times we've already seen the answer. I don't think it's slowing now. Some of you, the only thing you've been seeing right now is what's in the backseat of your life. And I want to just help you for a second. Because in this spiritual environment, God's turning up the heat. He's defrosting the things that have tried to keep you from seeing the awesome future that he has for you. And I want everybody just to be able to look with spiritual eyes to see that God has something good for you in 2023.